going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else uh, because it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so. Got a meditation, eternal energy. Go get you some. Also, send me a review once you're done as well. I'd love to hear your feedback. Now, moving up from there, if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships, in which there are three different tiers, silver, gold, and diamond, which offer different levels of benefits that once-offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? Sure, emotionally. <laughs> but for masculine beings in general, it's the hardest thing to do. How much, how much experience and time do any of you guys have other than my regulars or any of my other clients listening to this, but general people, general guys have of being with an extremely attractive feminine being and when they feel that psychological trust has not been established between you and her, that she's she's pulling yellows, she's pulling reds, but you know that she could come from green if you would just slow things down. Most people don't have experience doing that. They don't know what that feels like. They don't know what it means to be there to look into a woman's eyes deeply and communicate the intent behind slowing down. It's not the literal words of saying to her, hey, listen, girl, I just want to connect. I just want to connect. It's not hard to say those words. What's hard is to communicate why those words mean something, why it's important to you, what it means about you and her, what it means you're feeling about her. Switzer come in with the vulnerability. It's too, it's too general though. If he was to give everything that I just said with it, well, now we're discussing vulnerability because it's a risk in a different way to be uh, to say to a woman, of course, that, hey, uh, you know, I sense that there's some sticking point here and we need to address it. What you're risking there is that what if she reacts poorly to that? What if she reacts and going and saying, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. You know, some girls could do that for sure. There's risk in that. There's risk in her not accepting the slowing down and breathing. Guys, guys, Jesus. I can't relate to you how many times I've been there, again, typically with younger girls, that when they're reaching out too much, they're forcing themselves to push their sexual pace too fast. And how do we know this? Their heart's out of whack in terms of the heart rate. Their breathing's out of whack. 
there's some tensity in muscles where there shouldn't be tensity. Yeah, she's trying to kiss you too much. She's trying to take your pants off too much. She's trying to, she's trying to uh, push on you too much. And you go, and you know, as an ass human being, as the leader here, that I need to slow this down. But that sounds so easy to do until you're there in the moment and you actually have to execute and not just say the word slow down, but communicate to her that it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of joy that the reason why I want to slow down is not because you've done something wrong, but because I feel like we need to establish psychological trust in a sexual space first. Not that you need to say any of that. It's how that's communicated through your eyes. The way that you look at her, the way that you emanate your energy towards her, how you're going to be when you're in that moment and she's pushing on you. Because in this, in, in this guy's scenario of my client, Patrick, she probably is going to push because going into that fifth experience now, of course, we're playing this in retro. It's been a long time since this experience happened, at least at least a few weeks, at least almost a month probably. So other things have happened, but in the scape of this podcast, we're treating as if it happened last week. She probably is going to push a little bit. So I think that's where most of his sticking point came from is that you know she's going to be expecting me through trained patterns and behaviors to go into make out and to let things unfold naturally as they have. But now I, you're asking me, Adam, to do something conscious that doesn't feel right. But why doesn't it feel right? It doesn't not feel right because it's not the right action. It doesn't not feel right because you've never done it right. That's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm fucking talking about. That I try to communicate this as perfectly as possible to him, but it came out way better there than it ever did in my voice message. Probably because we're just so deep at a session right here. I don't spend hours uh, talking into my phone about this. But that is it. That is it. That little piece I just gave you is that when a certain action that requires you to step up, in ter- especially when it comes to relationships, social dynamics, sexual space, and it doesn't feel right, and you know it's, but it's not because it's not the right action, but it's because you've never done it right before. And it's listen, like when we go back to my podcast on uh, how to bring about female orgasm, we did a full seminar, it was like a three-hour seminar on on female orgasm, stimulating the G spot, and all these different things. It was very explicit, and the session actually did very well. Uh, some guys are not comfortable with that. They're not comfortable. They had abs- they were so out of their depth, so out of their water with what it meant to bring a girl into not only psychological release but also physiological release most guys don't understand that when it comes to when it comes to taking a woman into physiological release sexually aka jelly state that's not a five minute process for most women for most women to get her physically comfortable to get the physical trust coming in that takes it really depends on the woman but it's definitely not five minutes for most women to release the tension in their muscles which of course the mind, we're already predicating this on that the mind has been released. But when it comes to physical, that you spend 30, 60 hours, you spend, out, not 30, 60 hours, 30, 60 minutes, hours with her getting her to the place in which that her body's come just jelly. Just jelly before you ever went to penetration. And this is what we refer to as sex before penetration. And that's actually one of the final things I finished the voice message with him, which is that, listen, you can take this gamble. You can take this gamble on not communicating your intent to her, but you'll never need you'll never learn what it means to have sex before penetration. What does that mean? Sex before penetration 
means psychological trust before physiological trust. That she is able to sit there and say, I completely let go into you. And I feel that you've let go into me. The idea of me and you don't exist anymore. It's just us. And we're just here. There is no separation. And so now I can be free. How can you expect a woman to be free of you in a sexual space if that you're so caught up in your own mind and so unwilling to try and allow her to understand why you need to change things? Right? If you're not willing to allow her to understand that, you're just inviting more non-presence, more thought, more rack, more rack in the mind. And so the ability for her to get more comfortable and more trusting in you, it'll never come. It'll never come. Even if she does po- uh, interpret it in a positive way, he's still inviting more rack in the mind, just shaking the racks. What we're looking for when it comes to aligning sexual pace and intimate pace, what we're looking for is a deletion of self. We're looking you to go, ah, Adam, A-D-A-M, delete. Ah, Jenna, delete. And then who's left? Just now. Just now. Most guys, and actually a lot of women, don't know what that means. They have absolutely no idea what it means to take a woman into the place of just now, sexually. At least not without the aid of certain stimulants. But it's a, it's a controllable skill. It's a controllable uh, execution that, hey, sex before penetration. Sex before penetration. Make sure you're both comfortable. Make sure you're both comfortable psychologically first. And if you can get that first. And the word first comes to mind because we wouldn't be having this conversation. I would not be having this conversation with my client if he had done this first. If off the first signal of her being sexually uncomfortable the first day where the first time you go to put your hand down her pants and she takes it away if off the first time you address that then and there not logically don't put pressure on her logically but emotionally address her uncomfortability her discomfort sexually back it up slow it down okay regress back to how can i build psychological trust if we had done that the first time then dates two, three, four, and infinite, infinite from that point on, there would be no issue. The reason why this is an issue, and I kept saying this to him, the reason why this is an issue is because we're actually having to talk about it at this stage, that you're four, five dates in, about to be five dates in, and you repeated the same mistake four times through. So the issue at the core fundamental level, the focal issue is that you just are not comfortable with executing something new, something different, something that does present risk for you. What the risk could be, hey, that's for him to decide. But it's no skin of you to have to be able to go down there with a woman and say, hey, tonight, just slow down. Just slow it down. And when you do slow it down, and you, if you did feel psychological trust was built between you and her in that moment, Take it, take it through. Push the pace. If she feels comfortable to push the pace. But you don't need to push on that. Right? You don't need to force that to happen. This comes back to the idea of complete comfort. When you come to complete comfort, and sorry if that made if the, that's that those terms seem a little uh, contradictory. What I'm saying there is that when you allow for complete comfort has been communicated between both of you, that's what opens up for pace to be pushed. But it's not going to happen without that. So yes, you come in with the intent of that, hey, I need to communicate to her, that I need to slow it down because obviously I've made mistakes. I've been 
pushing the sexual progression way too fast. Her expectations and my expectations are way off. So let's slow her down. I need to let her know why so she doesn't self-interpret that negatively. Great. I do that. We're down there on the right. Now we are actually breathing. We're actually getting our sink in between the lungs and the heart is beautiful. All of a sudden, Adam deleted Jenna, deleted selves, deleted. Now we're going up into this place known as the infinite cloud state. Just imagine being taken up into the sky and all you can see is just rolling clouds for infinity. And that's, that's, that's where you live. That's all you know now. That's the psychological state that you want to be in. And that all you can see is your field of view just for infinity, just clouds rolling. You get to that place and you allow her to reach that place. Some of you then go, how on earth would I know if she's reached that psychological state? Well, when you look into her eyes, who do you see? When you look into her eyes, who do you see? Do you see a person looking back at you? Do you see an ego looking back at you when you look into the depths of her starry eyes? If you do, she's not an infinite cloud state. She hasn't psychologically let go. She's still considering who she is. But when you look into someone's eyes and they're not there anymore, their ego is not there anymore, Jenna's not there anymore, Adam's not there anymore, and all you see is a pure reflection staring back at you, it's what happens when you put two mirrors facing each other. When two mirrors face each other, who's reflecting who? No one. There's nobody left. There's nobody left. It's indistinguishable, inseparable. That's probably the best way of using words to describe how you'll know a psychological let go, release, a psychological release has been achieved between you two. And then jelly state, psychological, uh, physiological release of the body can come. It's not for this podcast. There's no way to talk about now. I've got an entire podcast on it. I can't remember which one it is when we talked about, oh, I can't remember. How to manage a sexual pace, maybe, is when we talked about that. I don't know. It was last season. It was season five. So anyways, guys, I'm going to go back on the chat now, but we're basically about to get a step into open Q&A where you guys can start to ask any questions. And I'll just make sure I haven't skipped anything over in my notes of him. And I'll read some of your guys' chat out. By the way, if you are enjoying this sesh right now, drop a thumbs up down below in the video. That'd be most appreciated. And drop me some comments and feedback in post as well. Okay. Sorry, we went to rant land there, guys. So I'm going to read out some of your comments. Okay. Tucker Mead come in saying, Patrick is unwilling to communicate his direct intent like many dudes. Oh, nope. Ahaha, uh-huh, got it wrong. Well, if it's true, like you're not wrong, wrong. You weren't right, but you're not wrong at the same time. He definitely wasn't willing to communicate his direct intent. And he goes, yes, it is hard to slow it down. I didn't do it perfectly on my recent, on my recent picnic stargazing date. Probably too much talking and making out. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Tucker, we could. What am I going to do with you? <laughs> Just the way you phrase that. Shit. All right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. See. <laughs> like, uh, good. I agree with you. It's just, uh, just the way you phrase it. It's brilliant. It's good. Talking about that, went on to say she was pushing on me physically, which I didn't expect, wasn't prepared for it. Well, see, it's beautiful because there's something, T, that I was ranting on just before. Uh, how many times you need to slow down uh, a girl who's reaching out too much, pushing too hard. She's pushing too hard. And uh, so, I don't know, for a, a virgin or for a deeply sexually inexperienced person, that concept makes no sense. It's like, why would I slow down a girl who's physically pushing on me? 
say, well, you need to step outside of yourself for a second and go, is this what's best for both of us? Is it best for both her and I that I allow the sexual pace to be rushed? If my proclivity for a sexual intensity is a five and she's pushing me at eight, well, there's a bit of misalignment there. And do you think an orgasm is going to be achieved in that moment anyway? Do you think that, and by the way, orgasm goes well beyond uh, the physical ejaculation. Orgasm goes well deeper into the ejaculation of spirit, into the explosion, the creation of a space in which that there's no one left. It's just pure presence, connection to. If you're pushing the sexual pace and intensity, so I got taken there right then. Shit, I got taken there right, right now. If you're going to push the sexual pace, that's never going to be achieved. Yeah, because what are we missing there? The ICS, as Jay knew earlier, said the infinite cloud state. Okay, Switzerland then come in saying, hmm, that mindset he had is a great trap. You put the, uh, hold up, guys, we got the postie. Chotto. Hey, hey That's right, bro. In. <laughs> so it's comes to say um, that mindset he had is a great trap. You put the responsibility on her when you say that gamble. So I can't stop saying that without laughing. It's just we did it last podcast. The postie came with the last podcast. I came back, I did the same thing. I was like, in. <laughs> you okay, so let's get Swiss's comment for real here. He says, um, that mindset he had is a great trap. You put the responsibility on her when you take that gamble because it was all on her and you. You don't have to try anything new that's dangerous. Because it was all on her. You're saying it was all on her. You don't have to try anything new that's dangerous. I'm not entirely sure what you're saying there, Switch. You put the responsibility on her when you take that gamble because it was all on her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Switch. Now I'm getting you. You were just the way... If you had said Patrick, that would have made a little bit more sense because you kept using the word you. Uh, so it's what Switz is trying to say there is that Patrick is putting all the responsibility on her when he takes when he takes that gamble because it was all he's putting all basically all the pressure on her and it's all on her how is she going to respond to it so I'm not going to try anything new I'm not going to extend myself I'm not going to have to learn to execute and perform a unknown that's dangerous well said Switz just the phrasing there was a I had to re- rephrase it in his terms. W then comes in saying, makes me think on the reasons why people go back to their exes. Hmm. That's a very uh, interesting topic and very, very dark, toxic mindset to go back to an ex. I've never once done that and I can, I've never seen a good reason for doing it. I, I had some girls uh, who were friends in high school who would go back six, seven times to the same guy. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal. The dependence is outrageous. Switz then came in saying, psychological, you put yourself in a place where you already chose the easier option. We already chose the easier option and that creates the chance to do the same the next time and never learn. Again, Switz, yeah, that was the planetary size gamble on a more macro sense in which that reiteration of the same patterns. Yeah, you're you're good. You're doing good now, Switz. This is good. That was a good answer. I don't mind that at all. Well done. You just need to change that profile picture, son. Not high res enough. (laughs) <laughs> all right my friends so there's a great segue oh well, hang on a sec hang on we've just got our first super chat from takumi kun of an australian ten dollars with a intense super chat emoji 
which is basically just an absolute G, an absolute G of an emoji with the smoke weed everyday sunglasses just all over this emoji. I don't mind that at all. Thank you very much, T. I appreciate that. So my friends, when we do get to open Q&A, which is coming up very soon, uh, T is going to get first dibs on the very first question, which is what the Super Chat option does. It helps support the channel. I'm so appreciative. So I give more time to Super Chats. I bump them above others. And uh, we're about to get there in open Q&A, so you can guys can get your questions ready for open Q&A. But I just want to summarize this part of the podcast now, and, uh, and we'll wrap into open Q&A. Let's do it. So I just want to make sure I didn't cover anything. Uh, sorry that I didn't miss anything. Flipping behaviors. No, I did. I covered everything. So let me summarize this as if I'm talking one-to-one to my client right now. Listen, he's a young guy. He's a young guy. He's, he came from the absolute bottom. He came, he came from the bottom of social dynamics in terms of being able to go out there cold and meet cold people. Out there for three to five hours, can't meet a damn single person, right? Brutal. Failed the 30-day challenge. Brutal. Failed the seven-day challenge. Brutal. Then fixed his entire life. Nails the 30-day challenge. Goes out on his first ever day twos of his life. Gets into his first ever full-way, whole-play sexual intimacy with a girl from cold approach in a casual relationship as well, no less. Nailed it. An incredible rise. Had just been kicking goals since then yet showed extreme hubris and extreme arrogance inability to understand what I'm trying to say is that you need to learn a new lesson here, execute a new action that comes from a place of empathy. Why not cover for the lowest common denominator and give everyone the empathy they deserve? Even if you think the girl won't get confused about your change in behavior, why not cover for the 1% chance that in your mind that it might? It's like it's so arrogant to not to not just cover it. And how hard is it for you to go there and say, "Hey, listen, we need to slow down." We've just discussed this. It's very hard. It sounds like a rhetorical question. You guys think the answer to that might be, "Oh, it's not hard at all." It's very hard. It's very hard, especially when she's pushing on you, as Takumi said. Takumi said that he recently fucked up a picnic stargazing experience where he was supposed to slow it down, yet didn't. Spent too much time making out. Well, listen, I started laughing during that because just the way he phrased it, it just sounded like the the cliff notes from a manga. However, like a little frame from a manga. But but actually, there's a huge mistake in that and that that's getting burnt. He's burning that girl. Is that is that what you want to achieve? Do you want to achieve, I'm talking to you right now, Patrick, starfish. Do you want to achieve a high burn rate of your experiences sexually. Is that the goal here? I know you're going to say no, but that's what you're doing if you maintain that mentality. If you choose not to cover with empathy, listen, you guys know my principles, direct, congruent, authentic, yet there's been an add-on that was added on late two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, which was cover with empathy. It's not just DCA, it's DCA with the E. It's DCA with the E. Because if you don't cover with empathy, DCA can be, that's great for you. You need to be direct, you need to be congruent, you need to be authentic. Yet, you need to do it in a way in which that is communicated effectively to the other person. Because if you don't communicate it effectively, well then you can just burn them out. And that's where with E, cover with E, the C with E. I haven't found a way to phrase that in a rap yet, but we will. DCA with the E so far. CE. I'll work it out. Anyways, that's what I want you to focus on in your experiences. 
when it comes to matching sexual expectations, always cover with empathy. Always make sure that you're only going as fast as your slowest man. Always only go as fast as 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 the other person's fastest pace is. If you never push beyond that, you'll always be good. And a lot of you might then go, well, how do you read what someone's fastest pace is? How do you understand that? Do you need to push your car's revs into the red to know when it's going to get close to red? Is it just like you touch the accelerator and the needle just goes straight to red? Now, maybe if you're in a Tesla or maybe if you're in some fucking absolute monster, but for most cars, there's a bit of a delay. There's a bit, it takes a bit of time to get from zero to 60. It's exactly the same way in sexual progression between human beings. You don't just tap the accelerator on your sexual progression and all of a sudden you find out that someone got burnt in the red. You take them through progressive steps. You notice how she responds when you put your hand around her neck. Does she get loose? Does she get tight? You notice what happens when you kiss her on the eyelid. Most guys don't even understand what that would even be like because they've even tried it. They don't even understand what it meant to say to go, hey, listen, I'm, I just need you to close your eyes for a second. To close her eyes, hand around the neck, kiss her on the eyelids. Does she flinch? Does she react? Does she tighten? Does she melt down? Does she slow down? Does she breathe deeply? Does many a time when you just take a woman into that extreme place of vulnerability in which that you put a hand around the neck and you're not necessarily choking her, but you know, this foam. And it's a very dominant position to be on top of someone and to or be lying, have them lying down on the bed and you're on there on the side and you put a hand around the side of the neck to hold their neck and you ask them to close their eyes. You ask them to trust you a lot there. And then to go ahead and kiss them on the eyelid. Most people haven't been kissed on their eyelids since they were babies. If then. A lot of people take big, deep breaths when you do that. A lot of girls going to take a big, deep breath And that's the sign that I'm looking for that I haven't pushed the revs. But but to my point of pushing the revs, I know we're getting a little bit into sexual, deep sexual practice here, but I'm doing it because T is uh, writing out a super chat question. But I'll finish this. Um, By the way, guys, yeah, go ahead and chuck in your questions now. We'll we'll get into open Q&A once I finish this sexual progression rant. I didn't just suddenly arrive at having her in the bed, lying down, hand on her neck, close your eyes, kiss her on the eye. It didn't just appear like that. We didn't just walk in the door and that happened. There's progression that happens up that you're getting from zero to 60. You go through 10s, through the 20s, through the 30s, through the 40s, through the 50s, and you're, you're progressing and it's getting more sexually intimate. And then when you get into the bed and, and you see what it's like if you were to just lift up her shirt, you see what it's like if you were to just put your hand in a slightly more closer place on her chest. You see what it's like. You see how she reacts and you, and you see where these... Because with uh, Patrick Starfish's girl... It was the moment in which that she took the hand away because he went to put his hand down her pants. That's when the hand got taken away. But she was fine of everything before that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yet that doesn't sound right to me. Because as someone who is deeply sexually practiced, what I have noticed is that, yes, there are trigger points on girls if they have past psychological trauma. But it's not zero to 60 in a second that 
you sense a welling, a buildup of tightness within their mind, which then finally explodes in a physical expression. I, I would like to have been there as a fly on the wall with Mr. Starfish and seen and just observe her body. Observe her body and see what else was happening with her body as he was getting closer down there. I wonder how much time he spent in physiological jelly state, you know, getting her entire body to melt down before putting his hand down her pants. That's what I would like to know about. I'd like to know about all these things because I don't think they were there. Because if they though they or if they were there, you were not attuned to reading those signals. Like I said, zero to sixty. The revs don't just go to go red line straight away. And that's why I gave you guys that little demo before of the hand on the neck and the eyelids down, kiss her on the eyelids. You guys don't know what what is it about the eyelids? Have you ever been kissed on the eyelids? I have because I get it the girls that I'm with, I do it to them and I get them to do it to me. Uh, it's, I said it always gets met by a huge deep breath. The reason why is because it's something real primordial. It's something real ancestral. There's some DNA going on in there in which that I take care of you. When you kiss someone on the eyelids, it's that I take care of you. If someone reacts poorly to that, as in they get tighter as a result of that, well, now we get a read. Now I get to understand what's likely to happen if I was to put my hand closer towards her genital region. I get a read on that if I kiss her on the eyelids and she just gets tight in general. That's not a normal response to being kissed on the eyelids. Eight out of ten times, most people go and take a... And then you see all the tension in the body just go loose. And then you can work down. You work down through the neck, through the chin, through the ears, through the earlobes, through the top of the shoulders, through down to the nipples, down through the diaphragm, moving around the arms, down the fingers, put it, pushing through all the different uh, metacarpals and you can get anatomy with me, just the end of the finger lines. You guys ever had a massage on your fingers? You know what I'm talking about? I, that, to do this to someone's fingers, to go from the base or the top of the knuckle and to pull down through to the fingertip. It's just You can do it to yourself right now and it feels fucking awesome if you just... For those of you on the podcast, you can't, you have no idea what I'm doing. Just go watch what I'm doing here. Right? It's fucking amazing, especially if you've got a little bit of coconut oil on it as well. But even if you don't, it is extremely physiologically relaxing to have someone pull you from the top knuckle all the way down to the tip of the fingertip. It just feels great. I got that taught by a professional masseuse. And so you ever done that to a girl? And so you do that to a girl. You spend all this time. Why am I giving you guys all these like nuanced physiological tips? Because what I'm trying to paint to you here is the depth, the detail you would go into with someone's body before going to the genital region, before going to put your hands down her pants. Now, Patrick Starfish, I wasn't there with you and her, yet you did not tell me in our session, you at least did not communicate to me that that is what you had done previous, you know, Eyelids, earlobes, fingertips, hit these areas to give you reads on someone's level of sexual pace, someone's proclivity for sexual intensity, and then you get a much better read before having to go to the real sensitive area. Someone can relax on the eyelids, someone can relax on the fingertips, and all the other areas on the way down there. Well, then what are we doing there? We're testing the revs. We're seeing, uh, is there a stall at 10? Is there a stall at 40? Is there a stall at 59? Or can we go to 60 and it's smooth sailing? 
right? And it's a smooth ride, smooth transition. We can shift gears the entire way through. No problem, no hitch. That's what happens when you actually take the time to take care of someone's body. Now, of course, in order to take care of someone's body, what do you have to do? Take care of their mind. Let them know there's trust, which is why eyelids. Give me the eyelids, son. And I really hope that some of my female friends don't listen to this. Uh, and I say female friends, I mean the ones that I, friends is not a good word. Uh, girls that, girls that, what is the right word then? <laughs> uh, girls that, no, friends was the right word, I guess. It's just weird uh, calling them that. Girls that, because I can't physically see them right now. So girls that I haven't been with, whether it's because of physical distance, mostly because of COVID, I hope that they're not listening uh, to something like this because I don't want them to go, oh, Adam's going to kiss me on the eyelids. What's it going to be like? No, that, that's a special moment when you take a girl down to the bed and you do that, which is why, uh, you know, it's a really important thing that's very close to my heart that I want to make sure all guys are schooled on, that all males know how to do, which is why I'll probably, you will see some clips on Instagram cut up of the eyelid, me talking about the eyelids and whatnot. But in truth, I really hope that that is a male thing. Like that's a boy thing. That's, that's a boys club thing that you don't describe that to her in-depthly. You don't talk to her about that in-depthly. You just do it. Just do it. Just because it's a practice in getting someone to trust. To let someone kiss you on the eyelid is a big practice of trust. Let go of the mind, let go of the body. Okay, okay, I'm done ranting on sexual progression and details of pace. So let's get to open Q&A, my friends. If you guys are new to social Q&A, now you can put in any questions on dating, social dynamics, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. We'll get it. Uh, if you're enjoying the session, you're here new, go ahead and drop a thumbs up down below in this video. It'd be most appreciated. So we got our first super chat. And yes, by the way, if you would like to get your question bumped up to the top and want me to give more time to it, we've got the super chat option, which is just a donation to the channel. It's so appreciated. We have our first super chat though uh, from Mr. Takamikun, $10 Australian, like I said, with the smoke weed every day emoji. <laughs> and he's got quite an intense story for us. So let's do this. All right. All right. Let's go. So T says, thanks for this sesh. Got a question? Give me a sec to get water and write it out. Okay, so he's hydrated. So he goes on to say, Takami Kun for the $10 Australian Super Chat. It says, okay, so I did the stargazing with the chief girl. I was really nice. Stayed out till very late. T, did you mean it was really nice or I was really nice? I think you meant it was really nice. I think you mean it was really nice. I don't even start that again because it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> he goes, okay, so I did the stargazing with the chief girl. It was really nice. Stayed out till very late. We talked a lot and kissed a lot. She said she was still unsure about a casual relationship. Uh, okay. We talked about what it would mean. Sorry, guys. I know a lot more about the story than you do. So I'm processing things in my mind from the previous follow-up. So I might fill you guys in on some stuff if I have to. We got to, yeah, okay. So they're out, stargazing. It was really, they're out to late. They talked a lot. They kissed a lot. She said she was still unsure about the casual relationship. We talked about what it would mean if she agreed to it, what it would look like. 
I learned about some hurt she had from previous guys. I think I didn't communicate the possibility of me being a sexual guider well. She thought I meant friends with benefits. Uh, no good, no good. Well, listen, no good because uh, the FWIB, the friends with benefits, the FWIB is way too crude to describe what it means to be by to have a sexual guidance relationship. How about this tea? Let's let's. I'll make a video on it, or maybe I'll maybe we'll we'll go into what it means if you want me to. It depends on what your question is here. I haven't finished yet. It's very long. Uh, if you want me to tea, maybe I can do a whole section on this podcast for you on what it means to uh, to establish a sexual guidance relationship. Um. And I can I can cut that up as its own individual video as well because that's a, probably an important video. Otherwise, I can make it separately. Uh, T then went on to say, anyways, moving back on here. So she thought he had meant friends with benefits. That's definitely not what a sexual guidance relationship is. I mean, it's a very crude way of saying it, but there's a lot more to it. He then went on to say, she said she was afraid of being hurt by me since there was a dude she was seeing earlier who wouldn't put a label on it. She thought that's what casual meant. Well, that's most girls' experiences. Most girls' experiences of what a casual relationship is, is guys who just don't want to communicate their true intent. Guys that are too afraid to have, too afraid to have a direct conversation, too afraid to tell them how they're actually feeling, where they're actually at in life, because they're afraid that if they were to do so, they would lose her. So they stay aloof. They stay nonchalant. And yes, put girls through tremendous pain because of it. Have several female friends going through the same thing right now. Because there's not a lot of guys schooled on it. So yeah, it's, it's amazing what happens when you start to step up your uh, social dynamics. Girls are very grateful. People, grateful. T then goes on to say, she jokingly said she hated me, lol. That she wished I was an asshole about it. That she wanted me to make her hate me because it was too confusing for her. Anyway, I hope I'm not ranting. Just wanted to share this. My question is just what are your first thoughts on this? Are? All right, son. So, so I love that last bit you added of that she jokingly said she hated me. She's not joking. She's not joking. She does hate you. Uh, she doesn't just wish that you're an asshole about it. Uh, she, would, she wants you to be an asshole about it. She said that she wanted to make her... She wanted me, she wanted you to make her hate you. Oh, hold up. I missed one paragraph, apparently. My apologies. Where? What paragraph? What paragraph did I miss? T says I've missed a paragraph, yet I'm seeing everything. Hang on. T, I've literally just scrolled down chronologically. So just repost the paragraph that I missed because it's not there. You told me there's a paragraph about stargazing. There's the par- there's the paragraph about what it would agree like, what it would look like if she agreed to it. She talked about what it would mean. Yeah, a possibility of being sexual guided. We talked about that. Said she was afraid of being heard. Talked about that. Jokingly said she hated. Uh. T says he just copy and pasted it. It's not there, T. Still can't see it. So he says, I missed a paragraph. Uh, maybe it's being omitted because maybe there's some language in there. Maybe YouTube's scanning the language. Um, 
Otherwise, T, just message it to me on WhatsApp. If you can, maybe. Because it's not coming up. All right, listen. We'll let... I'm sure it's not the absolute end of the world uh, if there's... If, if I've missed one paragraph. It's, he said it's something to do about her not feeling good enough. He said he's going to write it again. So listen, T, keep writing. Like, try and write it out for me again. I will just keep rolling until you do get it there and I'll add it in afterwards. Don't worry, we're not coming to any summaries here. Oh, here it goes. He says, she said she felt if I wanted to see other people, it means she wasn't good enough. Ah, good, good, good. Yeah, so anyways, T, thank you for adding that. So where I was with that was saying that she's not joking when she says that she hates you and she's not joking or wishing that you were an asshole about it. She really wants you to be an asshole about it. Uh what, 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 do you, what do you mean? What do you mean she's not joking? What do you mean she really wants to be an asshole? That doesn't sound logical. That doesn't sound rational. It's not, and it is. It's not rational. It's not logical. However, it's extremely, it's perfect. It's perfect to her because it's what she knows. If her experiences sexually is that this is the way I get treated by guys, they're not upfront with me. They're indirect. They're incongruent. They're inauthentic. They only care about themselves. And that's just what I have to put up with. It's just, just what I have to put up with. So fuck it. If I ever want to be of a guy, I'm just going to have to take, I have to take the, I'm going to have to take the soul with the blood. That's what I'm going to have to take. So that's my experience in life. Form a complex around it. This is how I perceive reality. I always find myself of our souls. That's what she's thinking. Yeah, she comes across, uh, she comes across a lone samurai, a ronin, a ronin. Who's playing by his own rules? He's not following the company line. He's not following uh, the way of society. He's gone off on his own. He has no master. He is his own master, and he decides to play by direct, congruent, authentic covering of empathy, which means that I'm gonna tell her straight up, this is how I feel. I'm gonna tell her straight up, this is what I want in terms of my relationship. Is to tell her straight up what she can and cannot expect from me. She's never experienced this from a guy in her entire life. Her complex and a way of perceiving reality. Caves, burns, it's burning, it's burning down. This is not what I expect from guys. I've never even seen a guy do this to me before. Uh, while it sounds good, like it's, that's, isn't this what I always wanted? She's probably sitting there thinking to herself and saying to her girlfriends, isn't this what I always wanted? A guy just to be straight up with me, just to be direct with me, just to tell me how he's actually feeling, what he actually wants. I felt like this is what I always wanted. I feel like this was the grass on the other side. But now that I am on the other side, the grass is too green. It's too green. Because all I was ever used to was dirt shit. It's an attack on what she knows to be true, T. So she definitely does want you to hate her. She definitely does want you to be an asshole because it would at least take her back to a feeling of comfortability that I can understand this guy, I can read this guy, I can follow the carved out patterns in this river of which the water will flow because I've already carved patterns for myself. I already know how to respond to guys. I already know how to react to guys when they treat me poorly because that's all I ever know. So my water flows this way. What T has asked her to do is to construct a new river and that's going to be a lot of work. That's going to be a lot of different stuff for her. And it sounds like, well, why wouldn't a girl want to do that? Why wouldn't a girl want to do better for herself and to embrace a new style of relationship that would be far more integral, honest, direct, and of all the rest? It means that she has to delete a past part of herself. It means that she has to delete part of herself. She has to delete part of herself and better or worse, most of us are very attached to the dark parts of ourselves. 
Most of us are very attached to our flaws, to our pain. We love our pain because it's ours. It lets us know we're alive and it gives us a point of individuality and uniqueness. Stem that there. T then went on to say that she said that if I, if he wanted to see other people, it means that she wasn't good enough. That's not a bad, that's not a bad return from her. I don't mind that return. If she was here in this session, I would give her a nod for that. I would go, yes, let's get into this. Okay. So, if she was here in the room with me right now, I got T. I got T and I call her Jenna, fake name Jenna. I got T, I know her real name, but I'm not going to use it. I got T and Jenna here in the room and she's just re- rebutted with, well, listen, if T wants to see other girls, it means that I'm not good enough. And I say, listen, that's not, that's not irrational. And I totally understand where you're coming from with saying that. However, T, could you please remind Jenna why it is you want to see other people? And then what would T say? T, what would you say to Jenna? Put it up in the chat. Because the return, I'm giving some time, I'm giving some time to type that in the chat. Because the return to her return of, hey, listen, if you want to see other people, it means that I'm not good enough. It's a very likely, very likely return from a girl when you start to propose the idea of open, casual and free relationships. Because what is, what is she doing there? She's self-interpreting that. She's not looking at where the inception of it was from. However, that is definitely predicated on your effectiveness of communication. If you don't effectively communicate to her why it is you want to enter an open and free relationship, then you can expect her to self-interpret it in a negative way. Just like with Patrick Starfish at the beginning of this podcast. You know, anytime you assume someone understands why you're doing what you're doing, you're opening up the, the pain, the pain path to self-negative interpretation. So with T, all I want to ask from T right here, I want to get a response from T, and he's coming in right here, is if I say to Janet, listen, I understand that you feel like he's telling you you're not good enough. That's why he wants to see other people. I understand that. However, T, just remind her why you want to enter this. T comes in with the answer. I told her I wanted to see other people to grow and learn from life experience and connection with many women, but she didn't seem to really feel that. It was a bit awkward. So let's say T said that here in the moment. He goes, well, listen, Jenna, the reason why I want to see other people is I just need to grow, I need to learn from life experience, having lots of connections with many different women. Yeah. That's straight up. That's direct. That's exactly what it is. It's honest. Cool. She responds that she's awkward about it. She doesn't really jive with it because she can neither... Why, why do you think that would make a woman, at least this woman particularly, in this scenario to respond poorly to that. What's, what's that given her or not given her, T? Because you've just literally said all of it. You've said everything. I want to see, I want to see other people to grow, learn from life experience and connection with many different women. What does that not give her? In a good way. In a good way, in a way that that response is designed for. Because, T, I don't want to give you the wrong idea. That's the perfect response. Why? Because it's direct, congruent, authentic. You're making no pains about it. You are literally telling her exactly what it is you want and why it is. And, by the way, 
But again, so I don't want to give you the answer there because there is the answer. I was just about to give you the answer. Why would she respond poorly to that? What does that not give her? And what does that remind her of? If you can give me what that doesn't give her and what that reminds her of, that's money. Because you're doing two things there. T says it doesn't give her anything about her. No, not necessarily. Because she's included in that. She's included in many women. She's many women. She's she's part of women. She's part of one of those connection points you want to experience. So it's not that. Uh, by the way, TT, T, don't get lost in the woods here. There's nothing wrong with what you said. Everything that you said is perfect. It's literally on point. I'm asking you to think about how she's receiving that feedback and what position that puts her in. That's what I'm asking you to think about here. T then goes on to say, she kept seeming pissed that I was totally cool just to be friends lol. She said, that must mean I don't care about her. Uh, <laughs> T then says, oh, okay, not sure then. All righty. So, it's okay. Well, let's work through it. Hey, W pipes up with an answer. Says that that she doesn't get the guy she liked. W, that's a perfect response to the second last to last thing T said about why she got pissed that T was cool to just be friends. So not in general, you're not correct in general, but you are correct to something that T just said before. So we'll come back to that. But coming back to it here, she says, all right, listen, not cool with this open and free casual relationship type thing. It must mean you're not caring about me. You just don't think I'm good enough. That's why you want to see other people. T reaffirms, actually, no, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just that I need to grow. I need to learn about experiences in life and connect with as many women as possible and people, really. He communicates that effectively. She still doesn't respond positively. She still hits him back with salt. Well, what did you expect? What are you not giving her? You are not giving her any options. There are no options with what T has just said. It is an ultimatum. It's either I'm in or I'm out. It's either accept or decline. There is no gray. There is no middle ground. There's no... Oh, maybe he'll convert or maybe he'll budge on this. Maybe he'll make me a special one. Maybe I can see in a little bit of time because of maybe if he just not said it so fucking brutally and confidently. And maybe if he just miffed his words a little bit and being like, yeah, I'm kind of just thinking about seeing some people, you know, which would give her the aloof, the at least the potential of conversion to being the special one, the only one. But you did none of that, T. You were completely blatantly open, honest, direct, congruent, authentic. You gave her no options. You put her in an ultimatum. That is what is designed. And yeah, T is one of my clients. So he, that's not an accident that that's the reason why he wants to get into open and free relationships. That's why I said it was perfect. It's perfect because want to grow, want to learn from life and experiences, connection of any different women. Now- now, there would be an issue with that if he didn't in- then say and what that would mean for both of us. So, T, I don't know because this is chat. I don't have you here in the room or on the phone. But if, if you left it at that and you didn't say, and this is what it means for us, this is what it's going to look like. But you did say at the beginning of your message that you did say, that's why I didn't think this was an issue, that you said you did talk about what it would mean to look like to go into the casual relationship. Am I making that up? Or I think you said that somewhere. 
I'm pretty sure you did somewhere. I can't find it in the chat. But as long as he added that in, that yes, this is why I'm looking to get into the open free cash relationship and this is what it means for us. This is what it will look like. And that's when you go into the discussion of the worlds and the moon, that we keep our world separate. But then the time that we do see each other, so we won't see each other very often, but the time that we do see each other, you get all of us. We get all of each other. We don't see each other very often. We go to our own worlds, but every now and again, we'll meet on the moon and we'll get all of each other. As long as you communicate that, that's it. T then comes and saying, yeah, we did talk about what it would look like in terms of dates, sexuality and stuff. Okay, that's good T. Just make sure that you were giving her, that, that is good. Just make sure that you're giving her the idea of the worlds, what that means. You don't have to use the world specifically. It's a good one to use, but convey the idea that while we don't see each other or we don't get a lot of each other uh, on the day-to-day, at least when we do spend time together, we get all of each other. That's one of the most important things to communicate in that conversation. But even if you didn't communicate that, even if you didn't, it's still inferred that I want to get, well, the reason why we're discussing this is because I want to enjoy these new experiences and learn about you. Otherwise, I'm not having this conversation with you. Now, see, you might've just been lacking some social savviness, and not communicated that well enough. You might have been a little too self-focused and that's what put her into so much salt mode. I wasn't there. I don't know. You have to reflect on your own experience and go, was I too self-focused in my communication of what I want for my own relationships? Because while it's important to be direct and good and authentic and to say, this is why I want an open free relationship. I need to grow. I need to learn from experiences of life and from many different women. That's great. But it needs to infer, if not indirectly, at a minimum, even better, directly, and I want to experience that with you. I want you to be involved with that. I want you to feel that with me. I want to grow with you and learn with you. As long as you can communicate that, whether it's through the the chat of the moons in the world, the worlds in the moon, whether it's that, or you communicate in some other way, the rivers and the boats, whatever you want to use, however you want to talk about it, as long as there is that communication, then you've done your bit, okay? T then went on to say, yeah, I didn't didn't go into the moon chat, that's okay if you didn't. Uh, I wasn't sure about the separate worlds because we live in the same building. Hard not to see each other around the place. We're getting off in the weeds with that uh, right now. Let's stay focused because even the moons thing was a slight different tangent. But he then goes on to say, yeah, okay. I didn't directly say that I want to grow and learn of her specifically. Okay, so, but listen, it's it's best if you can directly and specifically do that. I hope at least indirectly, T, you were giving her the idea that maybe I'm giving you too much, um, maybe I'm the one who's giving you too much leeway here. Maybe you really did fuck up and made a lot of mistakes here because it sounds like as we're diving more into this, maybe she's not overreacting. Maybe she's not going salty on him uh, because of past conditioning, like too much past conditioning. Maybe Adam was putting too much weight into her past conditioning and now that I've got a little more illumination on it, I'm starting to change my mind and say that maybe is actually T's execution is what caused her to react so poorly. But I don't know because I wasn't there. You'd have to... All I am looking for and scanning for is did she get the idea that she was important and special? Now, not important and special as in you're the only one, but important and special in the light of this new style of relationship. Because we do not back down on the style of relationship. We are not going to back down on that. That's how we want to live. Yet, we also need to convey to the person that 
And they're important because we want them to join us in that. As long as you can convey that and that both together, then you have harmony. And then you know you've done your 50. And if she reacts poorly after that, gives you salt after that, then that's on her. Because of what are you not giving her? It's an ultimatum. She just didn't like the ultimatum. That's what I was talking about before the ultimatums. Uh, when you're direct, congruent, authentic, and you explicitly state what you want, but you do it with empathy as well, uh, people can either say yes or no, and that's it. There is no maybes. So uh, people can get salty about that, but they can never get salty about you. They can only get salty about the situation. They might try to convey and communicate to you that they're salty because of you, but you know if you did your 50 right, they're just emotional right now and they'll get over it in a couple of weeks and realize, actually, he did the best thing for both of us by not making uh, making things more difficult and cloudy. There was one other thing that I said. Uh, what have you not given her? What what options? You have no options. And there was one other thing that I said as well. What else about it? Why else was she wouldn't like the situation? I can't remember the other part of it, but it might come back to me in a second. But hopefully this is all making sense to you, T. And now I want to dive into something else that you said. The You said that you don't think that she understood it very well. You didn't understand what the sexual guidance was well, or you didn't explain what the sexual guidance relationship was. But hang on a second, T. Did you... Which one did you offer to her? Did you offer her a sexual guidance relationship or did you offer her an open and free casual relationship? Huh? Because you've actually said both in here. You said that... You said that she didn't understand what the open and... Uh, what the sexual guidance relationship was and that she just thought that meant friends with benefits. But then you've also give, said that you told her about what it would mean to be in an open and free relationship. So which one did you offer her or did you offer her both? Um, I need clarity on that. I need a lot of clarity on that. Uh, Benji Solis is up in here giving us the, uh, the old shocker. Good to have you here, Benji. Good to have you here. Hope you're growing since our last session, huh? Since the first session of social Q&A. We're currently in open Q&A right now and we've got... So Benji, if you have any questions, feel free to chuck them in. We're currently on T's Super Chat, so I'll get to that after. I think there was another question for someone else as well. Uh, T says, oh, I thought a sexual guidance relationship would just be a style of open and free. I offered both? Question mark? No, so don't... (laughs) I'm asking you the question, T. So it's good. I see you're confused. However, you're definitely confused on that because they're not the same thing. However, uh, so... T, did you split them though is what I'm asking. Did you did you say to her, hey, listen, I want to get into an open and free relationship with you, split and make that very clear, but I guess not because you're saying that you think they're, because you don't know the, the split between them. So this is what it sounds like. When T says, I thought a sexual guidance relationship would just be the style of open and free, what T, I can see what T's done here. I didn't see what the mistake is here now. So- and yes, T confirms, I didn't split them, didn't realize they were very different. So what is the difference? T obviously doesn't know. So, uh, and I guess a lot of you probably wouldn't know as well. There's a huge difference between an open and free casual relationship 
and a sexual guidance relationship. Let me take you into the moons and uh, to the worlds and moon example. If an open and free casual relationship is that I have my world, she has her world, and we meet on the moon very infrequently. But every time that we do meet on the moon, we get all of each other. Absolutely all of each other. What does that look like in real terms? I live my life, you live, you live like your life. Say it again. I live my life, you live your life. I don't meet your friends, you don't meet my friends, you don't meet my family, I don't meet your family, don't go to events together. But twice, twice a month, once every second week or so, maximum once a week, we'll see each other and we'll get all of each other. You won't see me on the gram, you won't see me taking business calls, you won't see me writing out emails, I'll be with you all day for that entire day, you get all of me. That's the benefit, that's the selling point of an open and free casual relationship because I'm going to be seeing other people, you're seeing other people, I'm living my life, you're living your life, friends, family, purpose, business, health, everything. But amongst all that chaos, we'll meet on the moon once and we'll see all of each other and get all of each other. That's the selling point. Put that to the right, go to the left, sexual guidance relationship. I haven't made a video on this yet and I have not discussed it fully explicitly in any piece of content uh, actually. It's never really come up, but no one's ever asked me about it. But with T, it's coming up here. So, okay, maybe next social Q&A, we'll get into it. So, because we're kind of wrapping up towards the end here. If we get a sexual guidance relationship, a sexual guidance relationship, if you're using the worlds and the moon analogy, is that we still keep our worlds separate. However, when we meet on the moon, it's for a different reason. It's not so that you get all of me and that I get all of you. That's the intent with an open and free relationship. Separate worlds, but we meet on the moon. But what do we do on the moon? T. In an open free relationship, T. What do we do on the moon together? What have I said in every single piece of content and specifically today? We get all of each other. I gave you some real micros over that. You won't see me on the ground. You won't see me. You get all of each other, which means that you're fully consumed for a basically all day, all night, however long it's going to be, fully immersed in each other as if nothing ever existed, as if your two worlds before didn't exist. I told you, no business emails, no gram, no seeing me on phone calls of other people. On that one day that you see me of the week, of the second week, twice a month, you know, it would be four times a month maximum, but probably two to three really, It's as if we were each other's only. That's the selling point of the open and free relationship. Otherwise, no one would really sign up to it. Why would I sign up to an open and free relationship if it's when I see him, he's barely even there? There's no selling point there. But in that moon, it's as if our worlds never existed. In a sexual guidance relationship, putting our one aside on a sexual guidance relationship, we're not meeting on the moon so that we can have all of each other so that we can pretend our other worlds don't exist or at least block them out. That's not why we're meeting on the moon. We're meeting on the moon for a very specific purpose, which is the guidance of sexual progression from an older being to a younger being, which beings of the younger beings current age level or below cannot meet. That's why we have a sexual guidance relationship because you can offer her something as an older guy and her being a younger girl that she can't get from guys her age or guys younger. That is the explicit intent of a sexual guidance relationship. So it's not that I'm going to be spending all day, all night with you on that moon. We're going to meet on that moon and we're going to come in for hour, two hours, three hours. And we're going to do some real work together. 
really going to explore each other. We're going to, I'm going to show you some things sexually. I'm going to show you this concept of sex before penetration. I'm going to show you this concept of infinite cloud state, physiological jelly state. I'm going to show you these concepts of full body orgasms and all these different sexual levers that no one's ever pulled within you and that you never pulled in anyone else. So you have no idea what it feels like to feel that stimulation, to feel that uh, explosion of psychological chemistry. You don't know what that means. So let's have an experience where we can, like the worlds aren't, we block out those worlds still, but we're not blocking out the worlds so that we can pretend that they never existed or that we're the only ones in the world. We're coming to this moon because we come for a very specific intent to learn about sexual progression between you and I, specifically in a teacher to student-like role, older being to younger being. Hopefully, T, that clears up the difference between sexual guidance relationship and open and free. They are not the same, not even close. If you're in a sexual guidance relationship, you are, she, she would never even once should have, she even get the idea that, okay, I'll one day convert him. Because in an open free relationship, what is all woman, what is all, say it again. In all open and free relationships, what is every woman thinking? Temporary. It's not going to last forever. You know, I will prove to him that I'm the special one. I will convert him. I don't like being in an open free relationship. Not for a long period of time anyway. So if I set enough time with him though, I feel like we can probably convert and get him to come in and close and locked. And we can be together as just us two. No woman enters an open free relationship without that seed of a closed and locked later down the line. A sexual guidance relationship though, that, that seed shouldn't even be there. The idea, you should never even be giving her the idea that we're going to be an item one day or that we are an item now. This is purely a learning experience in a very nuanced, niche-specific area in which that spiritual love is not the primary resource being mined. It's not what you're going up to the moon to mine. Right? You're not mining spiritual love here. What you're mining is tactical sexual experience. That, of course, will bring about a lot of spiritual development, but not in the connotation of romantic love in which that we're going to spend one-on-one time together for a long time. That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that if you can keep it as we're focused here on learning about sexual progression... The idea of love, and I don't mean love in terms of a big love, but a micro love of love between you and I, it doesn't really get a chance to get its 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 roots in, right? Because it's like you you, you keep making sure the soil is of a particular type, and that what we're mining for here is just sexual experience, learning from student to teacher. And yes, of course, at a certain point, it is very easy to for to to make mistakes and to start to blur the lines between a sexual guidance relationship and an open and free, in which that the roots of love could start to come under and connect to these worlds, definitely. But that's your role to make sure that doesn't happen, or if it when it does happen, you stop and you reassess what are we doing here? Is this sexual guidance relationship or is this open and free? Make a decision. T comes in to say, ah, okay, thank you very much. Makes a lot of sense. We talked a bit about that kind of thing, not as clearly. She said she was afraid of getting attached. Mm. Yeah, I also had some questions about what the very long play looks like in an open free relationship. There is no very long play. 
it's good until it's good. Right? And that's when it's over. He then went on to say, anyway, a ton of threads here. Happy with your answers, though. Thank you. It shouldn't be, T. You should not be happy with my answers. <laughs> I mean, you should be, you shouldn't. Because it shows you got a lot of work to do. So, yeah, be happy that the answers are there, but don't be happy with my answers. You need to go and uh, flesh them out. You need to go experience them. You need to go back and say, and listen, so if this was a podcast for T, what would be the next question for the live class Q&A? What does T need to do next? Hey, what do you need to do next? Finish me. Finish me on this and we'll get to some other questions here in open Q&A. What do you need to do, t- do next, T? If I'm saying don't be happy with my answers, my, ha- my answers are rubbish. My answers are rubbish in relation to your referential experience. So what do you need to do? Answers are... Uh, those answers are my answers. They're not your answers. Okay. So T, come in with that answer and I'm going to go, I got some questions from Benji Solis and there's also, someone else asked a question uh, earlier in the chat, but I don't know if they're still here or not. So maybe we'll make Benji's questions the last ones. But I asked T, what does he need to do next? He says, have another chat about all this. Make it clear on the sexual guidance relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, 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 but you're missing something quite critical there. Uh, you're missing something quite, quite critical. You need to take ownership of something. There's a reason why she got so confused and probably reacted poorly. And to be honest, uh, in this session, I probably... I uh, gave too much weight to her conditioning. Now that we've fleshed it out now, I'll definitely go back now and say that maybe it actually has very little to do with her, a, a lot less to do with her conditioning and more to do with T's lack of performance, of uh, high-level performance. Seems like he made a lot of mistakes and that's probably why she responded in the way that she did in a more aggressive way. And so, so T needs to make amends for that. So before I would, if I was T, before I would go in and explain the difference between what the sexual guidance relationship is and what the open and free relationship is before I would go and do that. I would make amends for the, uh, for the confusion for putting her in a place of not understanding, uh, first. Yeah. Okay. So W said he had a question before of a super chat. All right. Let me see if I can find a W if it's too far. Yeah. Let's see. I can't see your question before the super chat, W, so just copy and paste it. All right. Uh, so Benji Solis, moving to the next, just copy and paste it. I'll get, I'll get it after Benji. Okay. Benji comes in saying, and by the way, guys, if you are enjoying this super chat live Q&A session, drop a thumbs up down below on this, on this video. I almost said drop a shaka. I wish you could, but you can't. YouTube doesn't have that. Just drop a thumbs up just to show some love, show some support. Okay, Benji has a question saying, any tips on how to make a conversation man to woman instead of a normal conversation? Like flirting and what it changes and what changes it to a man to woman? And how does it not become creepy or awkward? I feel that comes from me. I make it that way in return. She picks up on it and turns the energy between us like that. Okay, that last bit was very confusing, Beji, but... Uh, That last bit just sounds like you're just being awkward 
And of course, she's going to reflect that back to you. But getting to your main question. Any tips on how to make conversation man to woman instead of normal conversation? Like flirting and what changes it to man to woman? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, Benji, the way that you flip a conversation from non-sexually polarized to sexually polarized is infusing sexual intent. That's it. A interaction that is non-sexually polarized is only so because there is no sexual intent. Because you're not willing to communicate that I have sexual intent. Now, depending on the scenario, whether you're going to, how you're going to communicate that is going to be calibrated to the social situation. Can I be direct about that? Is it in the middle of the mall? And I can be very direct and say, yeah, I thought you looked beautiful. I had to say, hey, sexual intent infused, make sure the energy's there. Is it, am I sitting next to her on a plane and that's not savvy? So I'm going to have to do it indirectly through my subcommunication, through my other 50, through my eye contact, through my vocals. But first and foremost, always, it starts within your heart. It starts within the place within you that decides what is my intent for this woman. Do I just want to be friends with her? Or I'm going to show her to grandma. What's it going to be? Once you make that internal decision, because some guys can get there and go, all right, I do have sexual intent, yet they're not willing to act upon it. If you're telling me that you're having problems with flipping conversations from just normal conversations, aka friendly conversations, to non-sexually polarized, to sexually polarized, what it means is that either you don't even have the sexual intent to flip it, or you do have the sexual intent to flip it, however, you're not willing to act upon it. Actually, even the issue, there's an issue that lies in and of itself of the word flip it. You shouldn't be starting any relationship with a woman in non-sexually polarized unless you know that there is no chance for a sexually polarized interaction for her because you know it just does not going to work. She lives way too far away. She's already married, etc. Even those things I just said to you, I could think of examples right now of how I've still sexually polarized relationships with women that are married, uh, that do live really far away. So actually there are no excuses. All relationships should start with sexual polarity. And then you work out through the messiness of each other's lives. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? If it's not going to work, de-sexually polarize it. If it is going to work, push it, progress it. So what I'm saying to you, Benji, is that are you acting upon it? Do you even have the intent for it? Are you acting upon it? Most guys can have the intent for it. They can recognize it. That I need to do this. I need to start communicating man to woman. However, they do not like, they do not possess the chops to do so. They will not step up. <laughs> fucking, fucking Bixby just took the quote I just said and searched it on Google. <laughs> okay, so my phone's auto uh, AI just copied what I heard in quotes that. Women, however, they do not like that they do not possess the jobs to do so. So that's absolutely nothing like what I just said. You were so far off. And her response is, I didn't understand that. You never did I. If you've got to record my voice without me knowing, fucking do it right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. I gotta turn that function off, eh? Not useless. Absolutely useless. Anyways, getting back to some man-to-woman interactions. Uh, most guys just don't possess the chops to be able to actually go out there and do the damn thing, to actually communicate to a woman, this is how I feel about you, this is what I'm going to do about it, or this is how I feel about you, but we don't need to do anything about it. So whether you want to be direct with intent to act or direct with intent to observe, either way, be one of them. Be direct. Don't be the indirect with intent to observe. Option C. 
go with your go throughout your life knowing that you have intent to be sexual and to create some sexual polarity out of this interaction, yet you never even pull the trigger. That's a wasted life. That's a wasted life. I don't care how many times you get cut down. I'd rather get cut down a thousand times, yet know that when I finish my life, or well, at least I tried. At least I actually communicated to them and this is my intent. Hey, still got cut down, fine. But that's way better life, in my opinion, than the guy who goes throughout his life saving himself the pain. Because actually, in reality, when you do get cut down a thousand times, it's very unlikely. It's very unlikely. Why? Because the process of getting cut down makes you stronger. The process of getting beaten down by your inadequacies and having to grow and develop, become stronger, become a man, become a woman, go from a boyhood, girlhood psychology and to elevate yourself is what makes you stronger. So that's why I always push being direct because at the end of the day, whether they accept or decline, you get stronger. What's up? Suke. That's what I'm talking about. All right, who we got next? Okay, WW, I said just copy and paste your question, mate. <laughs> Where is it? Uh, WW, where's W's question? Oh, here we go. I found it. Why don't you just copy and paste it, son? All right, here we go. W has got a question saying, cold showers always gives you that good feeling, but you always have that feeling in not doing it, but you push through anyway, ever had it. What? I make any sense at all, W. Cold showers always gives you that good feeling, but you always have that feeling in not doing it, but you push through any way. Ever had that? I think what it's not very well written, W. It's very hard to understand. But what I think you're trying to say is that you feel good after a cold shower. Like it feels all the cold shower in general feels good. But you get that feeling. You still feel good even though you don't want to do it, but when you push through anyway. Yes, I don't really understand. Like, and he said, and he asked me if he ever had that. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that because it, does, it just doesn't really make sense. But what I will say is that I can relate to you that cold showers always feel good whether you feel good about them or not. Uh, a cold shower, like if you, even if you think this is going to, you just, I don't want to do it. Yes, it's still going to feel good if you get through it. Even if you say, yeah, I do want to do it, it's still going to feel good. So yeah, either way, whether you resist or accept the cold shower, it, is, it, it in and of itself is a, is a positive force. It'll always leave you feeling better. Whether you hated it going into it or you loved it going into it, it does not matter. So I can at least relate to you on that. We're almost at three years of straight daily cold showers every single morning, straight out of bed. March, March, uh, this March will be three years straight. Fucking such time goes by, bro. Uh, okay, here we go. Benji Solis comes in saying, spot on, lol, the FBI always listening. Oh, my fucking Bixby, so, so far off. Benji then also went to say, would that be the same for texting in terms of my guidance on uh, man-to-woman flip? Uh Texting, I'm not sure if you've seen any of my content on texting, but texting is not a place to be establishing the principles of social dynamics between a man and a woman. Texting is the place to establish where you two will meet in real life to establish the principles of man to woman social dynamics. Uh, 
Uh, there should be no I mean unless you guys already have a relationship that's a different thing I'm talking about off the bat like you just met each other on the street in the club cafe library fucking supermarket whatever it is use texting as a logical bridge logistical bridge to meeting next time that's it okay W comes in with a seems like a better question here saying from your last session on a slut (laughs) and thinking what you said my question is that does that still refer to porn stars and females that want to share their... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'll finish the question, W. My question is, does that still refer to porn stars and females that want to share their bodies on the internet, such as Instagram? I don't know, man. I, wasn't, I was talking about whatever. Don't matter. <laughs> okay, so we've got actually a legit question here from W on uh, porn stars and females that are just very... Uh, very liberal with and free sharing with their bodies on the internet, particularly social media on Instagram. So I like this question, W, because when I was reviewing last week's question, I saw it, but realized I didn't get it. So I'm glad that you reiterated it. So what W is saying, if you haven't seen last week's session, because he's saying, does he's essentially asking, does all of last week's session refer to porn stars and females? And what was the point of last week's session? It was that deep sexual practice is to be highly valued and that morals standards is a place of subjective conjecture at best and subjective labeling and can do a lot of damage to people. So, W, you'd need to give me, your question's very broad, very general. You haven't really given me a very specific, like, I don't know what you mean by does that still refer? You have to be more specific about that. But if you're just asking for my opinion in general, because it's a very general question on porn stars and females that want to share their bodies on the internet, such as Instagram, I, I have absolutely no issue with it at all. Not from the point of because you think, oh, he's a dude, of course he doesn't matter. Uh, in fact, if anything, I'm pro it. Like I would encourage it if the woman feels like that's her place of expression. We, we go to great pains and lengths in this world to pretend to be people that we are not, to put on masks, and to act in certain ways to impress certain people, to live certain lives that will hopefully uh, impress certain people. If you're going ahead on, if you're being a porn star, if you're a girl who, fitness influencer, TikTok influencer, and your commodity is your body and showing yourself in scantily clad, if that's just the way you want to express yourself, 100%, go for it. Why would you care about what anyone else has to think? You got one life in this physical manifestation, as far as we know. Do as you will. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, do as you will. If you're doing it from a a pain point in which that you've just been treated like, if these girls are doing it from a pain point, hey, listen, I'm going to put out all these photos and these videos of me on the internet uh, doing sexy things, being sexy, and it's because my dad treated me like shit when I was younger and I have this complex around what it means to be a valuable female and the only thing I can offer is my body. If it comes from a pain point, that's where it comes from. I'm not going to argue with that. Right? Am I saying that's the healthiest place for it to come from? No. No. Let's do some work. Let's dive into yourself. Let's understand you and start to uncover and repair what's going on with your psychological trauma with your father back when you were much younger. That's what I would say. However, I'm still not deriding her. I'm still not banning her, banishing her to the uh, badlands of society because she shares sexy photos of her on the internet or even go as far as a porn star to have sexual intimacy uh, on the internet. 
it's uh it's it's so so miscalculated to judge someone purely based on some pixels that are entering your visual cortex. You know, what is it that you think that communicates to you in a full and in-depth way? This is this person that I'm seeing this collection of 1920 by 1080 pixels. That's, that's, that's her and that's all of her. Yeah, it's like it's so, so miscalculated. There's so much more to it. You don't know her life story. You don't know where she came from. Don't know what position she's in. So do not judge because you'd be wrong. Don't, don't, I'm not saying do not judge because it's a bad thing to do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying do not judge because it's not accurate. You know, make your judgment once you're accurate. Sit down with that porn star. Sit down with that girl on Instagram for two, three, five, ten hours and get to know her life story and understand why she would be doing that, putting out those photos, portraying herself in that way. Get some accuracy on who she is. Then you can make your judgment. Don't, uh, I'm not even saying like, and whatever your judgment's going to be, that's for you. But to say that, you know, porn stars or girls that share their bodies on the internet are just trash, just garbage, just nah. Badlands of society, banish them. You know, so miscalculated just because it's inaccurate. Fucking A. <laughs> Uh, that was a good question though, W. I liked it. Even though it wasn't very specific, you got me on a rant. Anytime you get me on a rant, you done good. You done good. Okay, my friends. So if there are no further questions, we're going to wrap up this session right here. I'm going to hit a summary. Uh, if there are any rapid fire questions while I'm, summari- while I'm summarizing this podcast, hit them in. Otherwise, I will... Otherwise, we're going to hit this summary. And I'm just saying that W's offered a more specific point. Which is good, saying that, interesting, interesting, won't that make things hard for her? Oh, guys won't take her serious. Uh, uh, very too general, too many generalizations, W. You got to get out of these generalization mindsets. You know, who's guys? Who's guys? Am I, am I, I'm a guy, right? And based on what you just heard me say, do you think that I'm not going to take a woman serious just because she's a porn star or shows her body on the internet? Well, you already know my answer. Who's guys? All right. T then comes in to say, Oos, great sesh, always learning so much, so many levels to this. And while that was the end of his sentence, I'm going to finish that sentence and say, so many levels to this game. <laughs> the game of life, sir. That's what I'm talking about. There are so many levels to it. Uh, thank you for your super chat, T. So hang on though, we're not done yet. We're going to summarize this session. What we talked about here, my friends, in round two of how to manage sexual expectations is when you got a guy who's gone through four dates messed up the sexual progression in which that he repeatedly took her to her point of discomfort. Hand down the pants. Nope. Take the hand away each and every single time. The fact that it happened more than once was the greatest issue. Initially, the second greatest issue past that point was that he was not willing to sit down with her and communicate to her. Okay. We need to change the play. I need to change the play. I made so many mistakes. Let's slow it down. Let's breathe. Let's connect. Didn't because of his egoic arrogance, was not willing to acknowledge that I need to execute that. And from a place of fear, unknowingness, that's where most of this podcast was around. We got to some great questions around uh, sexual guidance relationships versus open and free relationships with Tucker McCoon here. And we've also hit some stuff just nicely there on judging uh, girls who share their bodies. Overall, though, it's been a great sesh. And I thank you guys for being very engaged. T, specifically, for your $10 super chat. It really helps out the channel, helps out what's going on here, helps support the life. So, 
Yeah, thank you, man. And if you guys, before you run out of the session, make sure you drop a thumbs up on this video down below. If you listen to this in podcast land, uh, or if any of you guys come back with some realizations afterwards, just hit the comment box uh, on YouTube and always uh, feel free to respond to those. And I appreciate that feedback. So until next week, don't worry, don't, don't forget, guys. This is session three of season six. We're going 12 weeks straight, as every season is. So we'll be back here same time next week, Monday, 10 a.m. Australian Daylight Time. Australian Central Daylight Time, I should say. And uh, I'll see you guys there. So we get a uh, we got W coming in saying thanks. And Benji Sawyer saying namaste for the answers. And Switz, Switz comes in saying this has been fire. Thank you, Sensei. See you. What I'm most impressed, though, is that Switz, Switz has finally changed his profile picture. And it's finally high res. And it's a, uh, it's a, it looks like a Jamaican dude because he's got dreads. But I don't want to judge. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So he says, stay well and blessed, guys. And with that, I will thank you all for being here. Thank you for your presence. And I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Until next week. Or on Instagram, at UiTang1. Catch me there. Good shit on there. Wishing you all the best. Much peace and much joy. Ja. That was a tight sesh. That was a very tidy session, actually. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session, for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's, that's incredible. Because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit, <laughs> get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So, Adoitang1 on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy, that's all available to you at boldojo.com. Listen, guys, the birds outside are going haywire, so I better wrap up this outro. It's the time of my life, getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions, chopping it up, getting to really know who you are. And so I thank you so much again, and I look forward to seeing you in the next session, truly. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.